Hi, I'm Debbie Cook, and I'm back with the September edition of the D&B Supply Lawn and Garden Podcast. I can't believe it's about September. I have to say that September is one of my most favorite months of the year. The cooler days, gardens really are happy about the cooler temperatures and are producing, starting to produce fruit that's that we don't have enough time to harvest. But um, things are starting to ripen up. Our nights are good sleeping weather. Um, kids are going back to school and it's kind of nice to get back into some sort of a routine, I think, with what fall brings. Um, you can bring out your sweaters and start enjoying the weather. We still have um, this month, our first average frost date is October 10th. So this is a great month to harvest your um, produce, to can, uh, to go to the farmer's markets if you haven't um, grown a garden yourself because they will be loaded with really wonderful produce this time of year. And it's a great time to take advantage of all the hard work that our local farmers and small growers have produced. So don't forget about the farmer's markets. But today I thought what we'd do is talk about um, garden tips and what you might want to be doing this last, uh, this last actual active growing season before, like I said, before the frost comes at um, the beginning of next month. Keep in mind that October 10th is the average frost date. So it can go a couple of weeks either way. So get ready if you want to extend your, you know, your gardening season. Start paying attention to the weather at the end of the month. And if it looks like it's uh, going to frost, you can certainly protect your garden for, um, you know, for a while, because it seems like what we have is a frost about the first part of October. And then we get a really wonderful Indian summer where we can get a bit, you know, a few more weeks out of our garden. So if you can protect it through that first frost, um, that can extend your season some. So keep that in mind. If you want to extend your growing season, what you're going to do, um, and not panic at the last second when you watch the evening news at you know, 10 o'clock and hear them say frost or that the temperatures are dropping and then you have to race around and find sheets. So um, just have it in your mind what you might want to do. One of the first things that I want to talk about is our lawns, because this is the, what we grow in this uh, area are cool season grasses. And I know that that uh, seems kind of counterintuitive when it gets so hot during the summer. But um, our cool season grasses are um, are able to withstand our really cold winters. So, you know, turf grasses that you might find in Southern California or in places that are very warm um, are actually the warm season grasses because they're not able to withstand our cold winters. So during the winter, when our lawns go kind of semi-dormant because the temperatures are so cold, they also go semi-dormant during the winter uh, or during the summer when it's so hot. And they love spring and they love fall. And so here we are coming into fall. Our turf grasses have made it through the summer where it's very hot. They have used up a lot of the resources. You know, we fertilized in the spring. Um, we've continued to water our lawns through the summer and all of those nutrients that nitrogen in particular has probably leached out of the soil and the grass has used up a lot of those, um, those 
nutrients that we put into the soil. And so it's a great time at the end of the growing season to fertilize your lawn. It's a wonderful time to fertilize. The grass blades themselves have slowed down a little bit, but the grass roots are growing like crazy and the soil stays warm for, you know, for quite a long time and the grass roots are able to, you know, to really regenerate themselves during the fall season. So, at the end of the growing season when they've used up a lot of the resources, now is a good time, you know, to fertilize. Uh, Labor Day is a really good time to put down some fertilizer. And then the second fall fertilizer that you would do would be sometime between Halloween and Thanksgiving. And the fertilizer that you give them at that time of the year would be a slow release that will be um, held by the plants through the, through the winter. And then next spring, when it's uh, time for things to take off, your lawn will already have nutrients because you fed it in the fall. So now is a really good time to fertilize your lawn. Tip number one. The other thing, if you're like me, your perennial weeds, well, actually all the weeds, the perennial weeds and the annual weeds are setting seed like crazy right now. They're blooming and they're setting seed. And so one of the things we certainly want to do is get those seeds off of the plant. The annual um, weeds like the, um, like the goat heads, like the spurge, like the purslane, the things that we, you know, can easily pull. We don't have to pull out the whole root system. We basically can use a shovel and scoop off the top part of that plant because it's an annual plant that plant is not gro- going to grow back. So just scoop it off with a shovel. Try not to drop any of the seeds and toss it into a bag or into your bin and get rid of those. The perennial weeds are a little trickier, like your, um, like your thistles uh, are, are a good example of things that you might be fighting. Sometimes your mallow will, you know, like the little button weeds, those will, be, will act like an annual weed. I mean, a perennial weed, sorry. But your perennial weeds, um, fall is a great time to treat perennial weeds. The reason being is because what they are doing is they're taking all the sugars that the leaves are producing and they're pulling these things down into their root system to store them through the winter. So if you treat those perennial weeds with a weed killer, at this time of year, it will also, using a systemic um, type weed killer, it will pull that weed killer down into the root system along with everything else that that plant's trying to store. And you'll have a much better effect by, of tr- for treating those weeds in the fall than if you try to treat them in the spring. So fall, once again, is a wonderful time to treat perennial weeds. And that's tip number two. The other thing that I would like to talk about is making sure that your evergreen plants, and I'm talking about any of your pines or your spruce, your conifer type trees, but I'm also talking about your rhododendrons um, and your azaleas. Uh, Some of you have the evergreen magnolias. Anything that holds its leaves or its needles through the winter needs to have moisture available to that root system when it goes into winter. The reason being is because those leaves uh, continue to transpire moisture through the whole season. Uh, 
And so as they do that, they have to have moisture available to them. So you might want to make sure that your evergreen plants have a good deep drink of water before you start turning off your water and putting your hoses away. And I know that many of you who are out um, in Canyon County are going to be getting your water turned off way earlier than you typically would. Um, this uh, Anybody that's on that type of an irrigation system is going to have um, their water uh, shut off earlier. And so make sure that your plants, especially your evergreens, get a good deep drink of water before, like I said, before the season, before the season ends with your irrigation. Speaking of conifers and evergreens, one of the things that I would like to just sort of give you the heads up on, because I know that it does concern some people, one of the things that you might notice on your evergreens, like your pines and um, even your arborvitas and those kind of things, you might notice that the interior needles start to yellow. And that is a totally normal occurrence. While we call them evergreens, uh, the needles themselves really only live for depending on the variety, they may live for one year, they may live for three years, they may live, you know, each variety has a different, um, a, a different life cycle as to when, how long those needles live, but they will certainly on the interior of the plant, um, they will drop those needles. So they'll turn yellow in the fall. And sometimes if the tree is particularly stressed, uh, you might see it worse than it might normally be. But as long as the new growth at the ends of your branches is nice and healthy, um, and it's just the interior of those needles that are yellowing, that's completely normal. So don't worry about that at all. It's a great time to um, transplant and to plant a lot of things this month. We were talking earlier about fertilizing your lawn. This is a great time of year if you need to overseed patches, if you wanted to overseed your lawn, um, even planting a new lawn um, at the beginning of the month. It's a wonderful time to do exactly that. The new seed needs to stay moist to germinate. And so as the temperatures cool, it's much easier to keep that seed bed moist so that seed can germinate and you'll still have time for the roots to begin uh, to establish before the frost hits. And then as the weather uh, warms up next spring, your grass will already be in place. The roots will be established and it'll take off and start growing for you again in the spring. So fall, once again, is a really great time to plant a lawn because once again, you can, or, or even to overseed, like I said, or to patch places because it's so much easier for the seed to germinate. But the other thing that's really great to plant are trees and shrubs. And why is it so great to plant in the fall? Once again, it has to do with the leaves um, and the way they transpire moisture. And if you plant a tree in the fall, it does not have to worry once those leaves fall off. It doesn't have to worry about moving moisture and keeping those leaves alive. It can take all of its energy and start to establish um, new roots in your landscape. The soil stays warm for a long time and those roots have a long time to establish before it has to start worrying about transporting moisture up to the top you know, of that tree. So fall is a really wonderful time to put trees and shrubs into the ground. Um, bulbs, of course, great time to get bulbs into the ground. Um, and you can find those in so many places and there's so many varieties of, um, 
of tulips and daffodils, but those should all be planted in the fall. And, you know, I would say not towards the beginning of September, but towards the end of the month, you should start thinking about putting your bulbs in the ground. But now is a great time to start selecting your bulbs, because if you wait until it's actual planting time, you will probably be sorely disappointed in the selection that's available to you. The other thing I want to mention is don't fertilize your trees um, in the fall. Once again, we don't want to promote a lot of growth. What we're trying to do now is just let the tree rest and not force any growth really anywhere. Tender bulbs, of course, should be lifted. Start thinking about that. Um, if there is a light frost towards the end of the month, it's time to get things like dahlias and cannas and, and uh, gladiolas and some of your calla lilies. Uh, if they, you know, once their, once their foliage is, has been frosted, it's time to get those things dug and brought in, uh, to store. You can store those by putting them in sort of a container, um, filled with vermiculite. What I planted, what I stored my dahlia, um, tubers in last year was a seed starting mix. So it didn't have any actual soil, but it was a lot of vermiculite and, um, you know, and other material that wasn't actually soil that was nice and fluffy. And I didn't really have any of my dahlias rot over the winter. So I was pretty happy about that. So that's something you could think of, but they, you can store them in peat moss or, you know, dry sand. Um, but ideally you'll store them in a place where it's between maybe about 40 or 50 degrees. Um, and they, they sh should be stored in a place where they're not going to, you know, freeze. Some people have been very lucky and have left like gladiolas um, in the ground and have had good luck getting them back. And there are lots of different micro microclimates out there. So um, finding if you've got a good location that's up against a south facing wall, you might be able to leave your glads in. But if you've got something that's very special to you, I would say just to be on the safe side, I would probably dig them up myself and bring them indoors. One of the things that you might notice uh, this time of year, because our um, weather was so hot this summer, you might be finding that your melons and a lot of the produce that you typically find ripening towards the end of August is going to be ripening later because the fruit set so late in the season. But if you have things like melons in your garden um, and you know any of the squashes and you're wondering when to harvest those things, especially your winter squashes. Your winter squashes are pretty easy to tell if you can harvest them because what we are looking for is really hard rind. So try to stick your fingernail into the rind of, let's say, an acorn squash. And when that thing is uh, ready to harvest, you won't even be able to stick your fingernail into the into the rind that's how hard it is if you can still easily stick your fingernail right into the to the rind of that um of that squash or that pumpkin it is not you know it's not mature not that you won't be able to eat it but it won't be you won't be able to store it so well the um, meat of those things may be affected the taste may be affected a little bit but it's storage that we're kind of looking at for some of those winter squash the other thing you can look at is the stem of the plant, which will be, you know, brown and hard as well. On your melons, your, your cantaloupe type melons, they do something called slipping and bless their hearts because they are just easy to pick up. If they're ripe, they will slip or you, 
easily just be able to pick them up right off of the vine. And when it comes to watermelon, I was in the grocery store once and I saw this man with a broom straw, you know, just like this long straw, like you find in a broom. And he was laying that uh, straw on the watermelon. And he said, if the, if the watermelon was ripe, it would, the, the straw would actually turn and it would be vertical with, you know, with the um, stem end and the blossom end. And if it wasn't ready, the straw would stay horizontal across the melon. I've always heard you could thump them, but to be honest with you, unless you've got a whole bunch of, to, you know, them to compare or something, I've always thought it was hard to hear, hear if it was ripe. But what you can look for is the bottom where the watermelon was sitting on the ground. There's something um, that is, a, it's, a, it's an actual yellow spot. It starts out kind of white and turns a nice yellow color at where it's sitting on the ground. That's an indicator of a nice ripe melon. Also, up at, this, up at the stem end, there's a little curly tendril, like a little pigtail kind of a thing. And when your watermelon is ripe, that tendril will be dry and brown. Um, if it is green uh, and really flexible, you still have to wait a little bit longer for that melon. Um, so those are a couple of tips on, you know, on your, on your winter squash and your, you know, your summer melons, which I know a lot of you are, um, are harvesting uh, or wondering about right about now. Um, the other thing, of course, grapes. Grapes are ready to harvest. Some of the grapes, the Concords, actually all the grapes seem to do a little bit better after a light frost. They get very, very sweet. I have a grape that I call, I only have one grapevine and I'm amazed at how prolific that thing is. It's called Reliance. And um, what I do is make raisins that will get me through the whole winter. So um, I like raisins in about everything uh, from oatmeal to cookies. Um, so I use quite a few raisins. So I just use them and put them in my dryer and make my own, which is a, a really nice, um, a nice thing to have through the winter. I think I have a, about run out of tips for you guys. Not that I've run out of tips, but I've run out of time. I have a lot more things uh, that I could tell you to keep you busy, but I know that you're busy enough this time of year enjoying what left we have of our garden season and using the wonderful produce. I hope you're making pickles. I hope you're making jam um, and enjoying and enjoying September. I will be back with more in October. We will be talking about um, how to get your chickens ready for winter with Gretchen Anderson. Uh, I know that a lot of you are growing or are raising chickens and other uh, fowl. And so she will be talking about what we ought to do about those things. Have a really great month. I've enjoyed being here. I hope you have learned something and uh, have got something to do for the rest of the month. And I will be back in October. See you then. Bye-bye.